0: Welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast with myself, Steve Nussbaum and as always, my good friend, South Stand Chum, wearing the playoff shirt from 1314. 14 yeah. Mr Paul Eby. Thank you very
1: much indeed and welcome to a very special episode of the Orient Outlook podcast. We are delighted to welcome onto the podcast, making his debut actually, <laughs> lifelong Orient fan and the new chairman of Leighton Orient Football Club, the saviour of E10, Leighton Orient. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we give you Nigel Travis. Nigel, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for giving up your afternoon, your time uh, to speak to us. We, we, we really appreciate it.
2: Um, so, good to be here, uh, good weekend to do it, July the 4th, every bit slow over here. So, yeah, yeah.
1: Well, they, well I guess sort of cracking straight on, I guess my first question is, what took you so long?
2: Uh, yeah, uh, that's a good question, I mean, <laughs> so just to sort of clear up a, a, a few thoughts that people have had, uh, it hasn't really been my lifelong dream to own the club. I mean, I'm a fan like you guys are. Uh, and, uh, you know, I was always very happy to support the club. I supported it during Barry and Matt's tenure by sponsoring firstly Papa Johns and then Duncan, and Robbins. Uh, and I thought that was my bit of helping the club. But obviously, over the last three years, um, I was somewhat concerned with the direction. We were going uh, in terms of the playing side, and it was about two and a half years ago, I actually said to Matt, by the way, he reminded me of this. He found the email where I actually sent it. Um, I said, you know, perhaps we should think about getting a consortium together. And I talked to a lot of people. I mean, a good friend of mine is uh, the ex-chairman of Derby County. And he happens to live in the same town as where my wife comes from, which is Detroit, Detroit, Michigan. And he tried to put me off many times. (laughs) He said his worst worst day was the day they got relegated from the Premier League and he had 5,000 abusive emails. Uh Um, So he tried very hard, but I got more and more concerned. And we actually had a couple of attempts of getting a consortium together and i learned a lot in the way so it gradually started to come together earlier this year um, so it did take a long time but i think the result is we learned a lot about the uh, different levels uh, that's because one person i'm very pleased to thank Um, chairman and who lives in the same town? He was very helpful, uh, and also, of course, we've got this great affinity with the Red Sox, who, as I say here, as Upper Gass um and also the New England Patriots and Ocean. So I'm surrounded with some people who run some wonderful uh, organisations, and I think we a lot because it.
1: So sorry, sorry to interrupt you, there, Nigel. We lost a bit of signal on you there. So effectively, the chairman of Millwall, you have an affinity or, or a connection with Fenway Sports, the the Boston Red Sox owners, and
2: And the uh, New England Patriots. All right. Okay. And the and the New England Revolution, which is the MLS team.
1: Okay, some good connections over the over that side of the pond, then.
2: Well, yeah, but they 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 run great teams and great clubs and a major part of it is stability. Yeah. I mean, really. I don't know how much you guys know about American football, but the New England Patriots have had an incredible record considering the league's about parity. Mm. And and most of it is because they've had a very stable coaching team and and the Red Sox in recent years have been very similar. Mm. So I I think stability is something that I see as very important in running a sports team.
0: And we're all very, very glad to hear that at this end, of, yeah. this end of the club. So in terms of the consortium in Nigel, obviously we know about Kent, who's been, been on Twitter quite a bit, and we know about Marshall Taylor. Um, so how did, how did they get involved and, and how did it all come together and who else, who else was involved in that?
2: Well, yeah. Um, so basically, I started out in this current attempt with the consortium and one of the first people to write to me out of the blue was Marshall. I'd never even heard of him, but he wrote to me because he figured out my email address at Duncan. And so he was one of the early ones. The guy we haven't announced yet is actually my general counsel at Duncan. Um, he's, he's going to get announced this week because everyone has to go through their owners of directors test. Um, And for a time, I thought I was going to have to do it on my own with investments from people like that, and perhaps one or two other people. And then by complete fluke, I was talking to some people at the Houston Dynamo, another MLS team, Mm. and I said, hey, do you know any people who might be interested in investing? And they gave me three names. I actually spoke to all three. Two weren't interested at all because we were a National League team. But Kent had actually sort of researched Orient and he came on board. I mean, you guys are going to love Kent. I mean, he's completely different. He's got a, you know, an interesting Texan draw, which I probably find easier to understand hmm. because I used to live in Dallas. But he's incredibly enthusiastic, very knowledgeable because he's been researching Bayern's, uh football teams for several years. So, and as you've seen by his Twitter activity. By the way, let me just say, the reason I don't do Twitter is, it, uh, you know, we're, we've got let's say five, six, seven thousand fans, pleased please say Duncan has millions, <laughs> so the, the last thing I want is everyone tracking me on Twitter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, because, because I think my full time job will be answering that. Yeah, so absolutely. so Kent does a great job on it, uh, and you know I know a lot of people have said some of his comments have been fairly cryptic. Well, they're all kind of planned and a little bit playful, and and I think that's an important point to make. You know, we want to have some fun. I mean, the website's supposed to be doing a an article about my dog, which is blatant. Um
0: Made it nice
2: and So you know, the last few years have been rather serious, let's say, like that. But we we all support a football team to have fun and enjoy ourselves, and I think Kent and I share that. So anyway, Kent came on board, and to answer some of the questions that came in today, he will own more of the club than I do. Um, he is our principal shareholder. Between us, we are the biggest shareholders. Um, And I think you should consider that there's going to be five or six of us running the club and having an investment, but the two of us are the major shareholders. Um, and, and, And I think that works well. I mean, you don't want too many people on a board. I think our target was seven, and I think that's where we'll end up. Um, my son will be on the board. We should announce him later this week as well. I'll, I'll be drip feeding in all these board appointments so that people can sort of understand who these people are. Yeah. And they all bring different talents to the organisation. So. And that's that's great. Hopefully, that answers.
0: Yeah, that's great. And obviously, you're talking <laughs> when you say Kent, you're talking about Kent Teague and not Kent Teiu, who is the... <laughs> The random name we uh, we started pronouncing last week, thanks to Martin Ling, I think he was pronouncing it that way. Yeah, I'm sure Charlie might have said it as well. Not to completely blame Martin, but okay. So the consortium's looking sort of
1: pre- pretty healthy. Are You still looking for people to join your consortium, or is it pretty much sort of you got you got your num you got your guys in mind, and most of the seats in that regard have been filled? Is, is that my, that's what I'm understanding from what you're saying? There is that, Have I understood yeah. that right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, and, and, and the point I want to think is. I was so desperate to get something done, I would have done it on my own and then gone out and found more investors after we got going. Mm. That meant, I think, that we would have been a bit strapped and had to run it really in a pretty cheap manner. But Kent came along, and he was kind of a lifesaver, because to answer your question, we're, we're fully funded according to our plan. believe that we can move forward for several years, we've done budgeting on a really conservative basis, both in terms of cost and revenues. Uh, so, even if we hit those miserable numbers, we've got no problem for several years. But obviously, we want to do better, and that's why I keep going on about season tickets and also building the club commercially, as I did as a fan. I mean, hmm. you know, over the last three years. I've continued to put money up every year, Uh, and to be absolutely clear, it's not Dunkin' Donuts or Baskin Robbins money, I couldn't justify it to be honest, it's always come out of my own pocket.
1: Okay. It's just a coincidence that your day job is the Dunkin' Donuts, Dunkin' Brands um, business. So fast-forwarding then, um, how did it feel when the papers were signed and the club was yours?
2: But it's pretty incredible because uh, it was a bizarre day. And and you guys talked on the podcast last week about the 22nd of uh, June as being a significant day. Well, it was a weird day because in the morning I flew to Newark, New Jersey. And one of the great things at Dunkin' is it's a bit like having fans. You know, I've got 2,000 franchisees. And you can imagine franchisees are pretty opinionated about many things. Um, And one of the things we do together is we have a foundation, um, which is um, Joy in Childhood. And the foundation is something we always do together. So the franchisees in the mid-Atlantic, which is really like New York, New Jersey, Philadelphia, uh, um, Pennsylvania areas, they have this huge event, and they have a cricket tournament and a golf tournament. Now you would probably be surprised at, about the cricket, but we have a lot of Indian-based franchisees. They bring all their staff. They actually pay money to play against me. <laughs> um, and uh, this event normally uh, raises about three hundred and fifty thousand. So uh, the reason to say all that is. You know, I believe that Leighton has to be a very important part of the community like Duncan is. Um, and, and it's amazing how you can all you can get everyone on the same page. But that day, I played in the cricket in the morning. I did slightly strain my hamstring because I actually had to run more between the wickets <laughs> than I was expecting. Um, and then I went to the golf tournament in the afternoon. And I was sitting in the back of the car when we signed the papers and when we made the announcement. Wow. As you guys said, at 445 yeah, And and it was funny because we had this debate about whether we should leave until the next morning. And I'm not very autocratic, but the one decision I made, I said, no, let's just go for it now and see what happens.
0: Made my so day. Oh, made mine and I mean, absolutely everybody's I mean, day. Our hearts were beating and we were, <coughs> we were trembling. So God knows what it feels like when you're actually the one who's purchasing the club. So how did you celebrate it? And obviously you've done the cricket You've done the golf. Did you? Did you? How did you celebrate in the evening?
2: Well, when, um, I mean, so so here's my family situation. I've got my son who's going to go on the board. He's thirty seven, and then my two younger kids are twelve and ten. My my twelve year old is a fanatical soccer fan. Uh, Liverpool's his main team um, because obviously we've sponsored Liverpool over the last three years, um, and everyone was excited. We got champagne out. Uh, and, and we celebrated, but I think i said on some of the interviews, yeah, we can celebrate tonight, but the work starts right now.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah, I mean,
2: a lot of catching up to do.
1: So fast forward, then um, one of the first appointments that was announced was Martin Ling as the director of football. Um, what, what was, uh, what made you uh, want to put a director of football in in place? And obviously, uh, it's probably a self-answering question, but why Martin? Uh and that's obviously no criticism oh, of anything. Martin it's just just to understand uh, a talk because we love yeah. him and we think it's brilliant but just to hear from from you really Well
2: so going back a bit and every morning at 5:30 US time for 10 weeks late, 7 week, um to get things sorted out and and we talked a lot about philosophy and I think it was Matt that came up with the idea director of, of football. Um, and we discussed it. Matt put a paper together. And i tell you that because I think you have to be very thoughtful when you make these. And And I like the fact that once it's to really think about the direction of the total club, not just the first team. We wanted someone who could, if you like, put in a footballing philosophy. for uh, We'll talk about later on about the fact that Kent and I both live a long way away. But we, someone we could trust. Now, I, I met Martin a couple of times. You probably know my dad was ticket out for a long time. And we were in the vice president club. And I met Martin a couple of times, but I didn't really know him. So we did come up with our candidates, but very quickly. We decided rather than go through a long process of interviewing people, we were far behind, trusted Martin. I trusted him by reputation, so we put him through a very quick process, which he told you to me about last week. Uh, everyone loved his approach. Uh, I particularly love the fact he's a great communicator with us and everyone else. He's honest today, uh, as anyone I know, and I think that's very important because you don't have to read the papers to see some of the things that go on in football. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, Martin has started exceptionally well, um, everyone supports him and likes to meet him, he and Kent done very well, they have joked backwards and forwards, which Ken wants to you know, you have to enjoy what you do. I mean, we have a lot of laughs dunking and um, the kind of spirit that we want to orient. Uh, uh, Martin's hard work, as you've seen for the last few days. He's made a lot of appointments and, and he's working very hard on the head coach. Um, and I keep saying to him, rush it because this is a very important decision. Yeah. Uh, but he's not down the candidates of a pretty short list. they you know, good people that website people are going to think are excellent candidates. Um, so Martin will not be involved in the team selection. Martin uh, will be able to stand back and see how things are going. Also, be very interested in what's happening in terms of the development of the youth for our club, which is very important as it had been in the past, but even to try and make it even better. So we felt that was the way to go. Uh, and he will give full accountability to the head coach or the first team coach. I mean we keep changing the title on that, but we all know what it means. And and if at some stage it doesn't work out, you don't have to disrupt the whole organisation. So and you know again it goes back to stability.
1: Okay, sorry Nigel, we lost you at the sort of beginning part of the answer. So just to recap with, with regards to Martin's role, it's the overall philosophy of football at the club from the sort of academy right the way through to the first team. But obviously responsibility for the actual sort of day-to-day training and picking the team and tactics will will fall to the first team manager, or first team coach. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah.
2: And okay. Just to be just to be clear, can you hear me okay now? Yeah, yeah, perfect.
0: yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, uh, okay. So Last week, I walked around the ground with Martin and we were talking about it. And, you know, we were talking about different situations. We don't want him thinking about on a Saturday afternoon what's going to happen on a Tuesday. That's not his job. Um, his job is to think about the whole of the structure. He's to think about players we might bring in. obviously he'll consult considerably with the first team coach, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. But um, I think this is a structure that the more we've thought about, it, the more we like.:
1: Yeah, it makes sense. And I think with the initial signings of Danny Webb and Ross Embleton, I think we, 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 we think that they make excellent first uh, appointments, and I think, yeah, like you say, not to rush the appointment of the, uh, of the first team coach, first team manager, whatever the title you settle on, um, because that could that could be a major, a
0: major setback. Yeah. So you said you was walking around the ground with Martin, I presume that was on Thursday, so obviously you was at the ground yeah. and doing lots of media on Thursday, so tell us about your day on Thursday then. So, 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 so well, you...
2: yeah, by the way, let me just comment firstly on Ross and Danny, uh, and I think this also tells you how we work, I mean, I wasn't involved in either appointment, uh, Ross I'd never met before, but I had a chat with him at the ground, impressed with him. And, 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 and it's interesting. I mean, I coach soccer myself. So it's interesting talking to these guys about, you know, all the certifications you have to go through and how we do it. And Russell and I had a great chat about the amount of computer work now and passing your different licenses as it is. Um, I think Danny, who as a fan did a spectacular job last year. Yeah,
0: I agree. 100%.
2: Uh, apparently. According to Martin, his interview was just off the charts. I mean, Martin couldn't have been happier with what Danny said. I happen to know his dad. I wouldn't say well, but a little bit. Um, and I think, you know, Danny, keeping him at the club is a real asset, so we feel really good about that. So back on your question, well, I flew in, landed about six, showered, went to the ground. Um, first thing we did was had a meeting with all the staff, um, and, you know, every, Ada, um, obviously the crown team, uh, all the folk who work in the office and, you know, this is a business, so I, I just ran it like I wouldn't, okay, we sat down, we talked to them, we thanked them for the unbelievable job they've all done in keeping the club going, mm, yeah. um, we we talked about how we see things. Um, we said that you know their job was to push and challenge us. I mean, I'm actually writing a book at the moment about a thing called the ch- culture. So, firmly believe that when you're in charge of something, you're not like crap. You know, I have great ideas, so we challenge this Um So we we had a discussion like some questions and then after that I did a lot of press interviews we said say got TV uh, local Guardian London advertiser all that then we had a meeting with uh, and Ignorance
1: uh, sorry, uh, sorry Nigel I we should... lost you on that last bit do you mind repeating that sorry after local Guardian ok so then sorry.
2: we had a meeting with Loft and the Leighton Orient Supporters Club. Okay. Um, And then, after that, we had a meeting with the leaders of Waltham Forest Council, um, which was interesting, because I think nearly losing the club has been something that, A, A, they've always been supportive of Leighton, but I think they've realised just what an asset is to the borough, having Leighton Orient in the borough. Mm -hmm. So, so that was a good meeting. Um, I then walked around the ground with Martin, uh, because to be brutally honest, I haven't walked in various parts of the ground in years. I mean, when I first used to go, I used to be in the East Stand. So I was in the West Stand. Then I went to the East Stand. The enclosure was where I saw the promotion in sixty-one, sixty-two. Wow. Uh, that's obviously been replaced with seats. Um, and so Martin and I just had a chat walking around the ground Um, and then we went back to doing some basic stuff we were actually paying the payroll on my personal account banging in the numbers one by one Um, and we had some more of that to do on Friday because at the moment we don't have a bank account but that's days away from being resolved so we've had a lot of They say rolling
0: up our sleeves and basic work to do. Wow. It sounds like you've got right involved and got cracking, uh, which is great to hear. So you mentioned Friday, and obviously Friday was the first um, announcement of a player into the club, and we were delighted to welcome back David Mooney. And personally, for me, he's one of my all-time favourite players, so I was absolutely ecstatic. As a fan, you must be delighted with Martin Ling's first signing.
2: This is all his decision. I mean, I mean, knew about his first three players. Um, and there's one he mentioned to me last week, that hasn't been announced yet. I think it'll be announced tomorrow. But he, mm. Any excuses
0: he, for the podcast, Nigel, this evening? Anything you want no, to? No no no, 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 no. no, no. no, no. Um, you
2: keep asking those questions. I, I love journalists trying to push the push not, the envelope but I'm, I'm not going to give anything away yeah, that's for Martin to announce um, but yeah David Mooney yeah, I was very pleased with that and you got to remember I'm a fan first so yeah I like David Mooney signing um, I also like the guy from Dagnam never seen him play but sounds good to me yeah look at, um, looking at his stats last
0: year he's played 51 games so seemed like an ever present yeah. a good experience he's a good age at 28 good experience so very good very good, happy, very happy, it's though.
2: also kind of funny today with the article on the website and the pictures. Everyone's been trying to figure out the uh, names on the board. I mean that that was I mean that was my first instinct when I saw the picture. I thought, oh, they're all going to try and figure yeah. out who's it. <laughs> yeah, so that was that, that was interesting.
1: So on Saturday the Supporters Club through a party and it was very well attended. It was a fantastic time to be um, in the Supporters Club. Um, now, we also had a voice message from a chap called Paul. Um, don't really know, don't know his surname, uh, but there was a voice message that you left on his phone, which was brilliant. Thank you very much. We hadn't actually announced that we had you on the podcast, so that was kind of an exclusive for everybody um, in the Supporters Club at a time. But you said you're a keen runner. And I guess our question is, is what else do you do, like to do in your spare time and what else do you do to relax? Well, yeah,
2: okay, so it was kind of funny because Paul, who involved with us from the start, he phoned me and said, look, we've got, we're in this pub, can you do a message? So I was actually on the way back uh, and so I, did the, I phoned him back, delivered the message, but... No, I have a great life. I mean, uh, as I said, I've got young kids. So I coached both of their teams. Um, and I did, what was it, 48 games from September to May. Um, I uh, also have a boat that I go out on. And we're going back to Boston tomorrow. I'm currently in Puerto Rico. Uh, and we'll stay on that most of the next week. Um, yeah, Boston is a spectacular city, and it's full of history. It's full of sport. Got the ocean. Um, it's got terrific cultural. So uh, we, we have a spectacular life. But you know, I'm 67. I'm probably getting towards the end of my main career. Um, I've been lucky, um, though. Because, as I say, in football, you make your own luck. Um, so we have a great time. I've got a wonderful family. And, uh, you know, relaxing is sometimes working. I have been showing my job. I'm on another board office depot. Um, so I have a good time and
0: I mix it all up. Amazing, amazing to hear. Yeah. So, in terms of um, the goals inflating, I mean, I, I listened to your BBC interview when it first went out and you said there was short term goals and long term goals. So, in terms of the short term, what are the goals what are you looking for in terms of the short term well the first goal and we've set this out very clearly
2: in a business plan was to get control of the club I mean uh, we felt that that was the most important thing so we've done it so the second thing is to stabilise the club which I think I divide up as, as what I call the firefighting I mean and I think it's summed up by the fact that we were sitting there banging in all these payments on Thursday and Friday. I mean, that is real basic stuff. You've also then, so far behind on getting players for the postseason, Martin's working many hours to do that. Um, We haven't got a coach, so that's another thing we're obviously working on, as we said earlier. Um, We also have to complete getting things like the bank account, get the credit card processing going again. I mean, there's a lot of stuff to be done. So so I think we'll we've broken the back of that. Um, I think the next thing is to let Martin get on, get training going, which was another issue we had, because we'd actually lost the training grounds as I think you all know. Yeah. And we got it back. Um and Marshall did a wonderful job. He was he was the one who led the negotiations on that. Um, and we got it back. There were two other teams that were interested in the facilities, so. And I think I said in an interview somewhere, people don't realize how important the training ground is. I mean, mm-hmm. not only obviously for, let's say, first team coaching and of supply and all that stuff, but also developing young players. But also, if you take players on loan, particularly from Premier League and Championship teams, they'll come and inspect the training facilities because they don't want their prized ad- assets going to a place where they're going to twist their ankle or have some injury like that. So we've got that back. So I think that's all the short-term stuff. The next stuff is, you know, getting the team settled and... Um, hopefully get into a routine we need to get into a routine of board meetings um we obviously need to update the budget uh hopefully we're going to blow through it on season tickets and things like that uh and then see where we are because the one thing we all know is the budget we did will be wrong because uh, that's what happens with budgets mm. so we need to update it and you know just basically settle down because Everyone's worked unbelievable hours at strange times. Uh, I mean, Matt is in Asia this week and he's going to be doing a call at four in the morning. Well, Kent's been doing calls every, every morning for weeks at 4.30 in the morning, Texas time. Wow. Um, so I think that gives you some idea of how committed we are to late night. Yeah, great. it
0: was great to see Kent meet up with some fans uh, earlier in the week in Australia. Which was just amazing to see. Went out for dinner with them, didn't they? Yeah, was yeah. Brilliant. that was brilliant. Great to Kent engaging massively um, with the fans, so that's brilliantly. In terms of the kit, any exclusives on the kit when we can
2: expect that at all? Well, the kit uh, was kind of chosen before we got there, um, and they're uh, not going to get any exclusives, and um, <laughs> I don't even know what the process is for announcing it, but um, I've seen it, and I kind of like it, and. Uh, We've got some other ideas on kit down the road that we haven't quite sorted out yet, but uh, I think you'll like the kit. And, uh, uh, I, by the way, I think this is an area that is unbelievably underdeveloped for Lake Norwich. Uh, I'll give you an example. My 12-year-old, his two teachers, one of them's actually British, and the parents live in Norwich, so after listening to him talk about late Norwich, went to see the game against Doncaster well they couldn't believe that they couldn't buy anything because the shop was shut that day um, so that was very frustrating and and I think we've got a great opportunity to extend what we sell Yeah. to market it better I think it's a big opportunity to sell a lot to Americans who come over and one of the things I didn't really think about it well, to the of the club was one of the biggest assets is I think we're a London club. It's easy to get to. It's right down on the second line. And I think you've got a lot of weapons coming over. And America's few, I mean, it, and there's a lot to, So that's a very important part of moving late in the forward. I'm hoping to make Boston, our second home. Um, I've even talked about could we do some twinning between the town I live in and Waltham Forest. Uh, But we want to have people really engaged around the world. And you're absolutely right, Kent met those guys in Australia. And one of the questions was, are we going to have a live seed? Well, my son who works in TV is working on it. I I want to be clear, we've got nothing organised as yet, but we're working on it, and I'm desperate to have it because for the last two years, as I've been a supporter and promoter of the club, I've had the feed which teams get. And as you probably know, League 1 and League 2 have now had it opened up internationally. So I think the authorities have got much more... Uh, open mind to this so it's something we're working on we're not quite there yet and it's pretty complicated as you can understand mm.
0: Yeah, brilliant to hear so we, I know we've only got you for about another <coughs> 10 minutes so we'll just find out a bit more about you as a fan um, I guess so in terms of the Orient we know you've been going for quite a few years so your first your first Orient match
2: well I looked it up to make sure I had the date right it was October 59 to Sunderland one one, division two, sixteen thousand.
1: Wow, wow. Amazing. Your favourite Orient match?
2: Oh worked out the game at home to Bury uh, where Malcolm Brown scored two goals. He had a magic left foot. I mean obviously you guys Were never thought of uh, <laughs> but uh, magic left foot from about twenty-five yards, so we went up, I couldn't speak for a week, I was so happy. Wow. <laughs> um i think actually it's interesting another game i remember from that year was the 2-2 draw home to liverpool uh because liverpool went up with us and the girls they've never come down since and it's kind of ironic i've got this really close relationship with liverpool um and yeah you know, they're kind of like my second team now um and we went up together but we had this great game at home to so,
0: so in terms of you just said you've got a great relationship with Liverpool, so cheeky bid for Coutinho on the way. Uh, it's funny you should say that
2: because <laughs> I, I sent a text to my son who's at camp. It, it's not. Uh, There's different reports about that. One says he, they 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 turned down PSG, but they set a price of eighty seven million. So yeah, I mean he's going to be absolutely beside himself if Coutinho goes because I think it's his very player. By the way, I've met Philippe. It's,
1: He's a great guy. Tap him up, Nigel. Yeah. Tap him up. <laughs> it's a small, small amount of money for the National <laughs> League.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's right. a bargain.
1: Um, so let's hope we find someone like that. Yeah, oh, that would be nice. Fra- yeah. Favourite player of all time? Because you must have seen some yeah, pretty was, strong okay, contenders. So, yeah, OK. But, uh,
2: here's a few contenders. Um, uh, I think Sid Bishop was one. Really solid centre half back in the promotion era. They've done more about the time. Mm. I really liked Gordon Bolland, who came in about March of the year we went up. He came from Norwich. He's a really classy player. I think probably that if I if I put it all together, Glenn Royle. I always loved the class he had, and think he's he would be my favourite player of all time if I think about it
1: hard brilliant wow ok um, and then your favourite manager if you had one um,
2: yeah well we had some great people like Jimmy Bloomfield George Petschy
1: mm.
2: of course Johnny Carey took us up um, I mean Martin did a great job um, and I <coughs> it's tough to say I obviously we've had like plus as many managers as in the whole history of club in the last two years. Uh, you know, I think it would have been, inter- uh, I'm not saying it's my favourite, it would be interesting to see what would have happened if Kevin Nolan had carried
0: on. Yeah, I, um, yeah, I think Los County are going to have a very, I think they're going to do very well next season.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think he did a pretty good job and, and it's interesting because, again, because I sponsored the team, I, I had the opportunity to talk to Alessandro. I actually said to him after the famous Portsmouth game, which I think we all remember, yeah. um, for God's sake, don't fire Hendon. I mean, we need some stability. Mm. Well, Of course, that lasted like three weeks at that of a spurt. I mean, so I thought Ian did a pretty good job. I met Ian a couple of times, really liked him. Um, and... Uh, so, I, you know, there's a, a bunch of people there. Um, but, obviously, I'd have to say Martin because he gave us stability. And I think George Petchley did a great job
0: when we were in Division 2. So, they're, they're probably up there. So, we got a ton of listener questions that we're not going to be able to get all answered tonight. So, apologies to anyone who sent their questions in. Um, we did have a lot of questions regarding the stadium. Um, so, from I am Adam Dudley. Congratulations to Adam who announced this morning that he's Mrs. Uh, is pregnant, expecting their first child. So I think that's probably the first pregnancy under the new leadership. Um, So congratulations to Adam, uh, who says, are there any plans uh, in the near future or long term to buy the stadium? And are there any plans on redeveloping the old East stand?
2: Okay, good questions. We've obviously talked about it. We actually met investors who wanted to sort of jump on it straight away. That wasn't our goal. We, We turned those guys away. I think it's a great stadium. I've got a great relationship with Barry. Barry, as you know, has sort of uh, come in and done some sponsorship. So we've got no immediate plans. That's that's what I call the longer-term thing. Let's stabilise before we think of that. All I know is we've got the best stadium in the National League. So no plans. I'm not saying it wouldn't happen at some stage, but no plans right now. Uh, On the East end, it's kind of interesting I think a short-term thing that I'm interested in, but we, have to, we haven't to—we have talked about it really because I really saw it on Thursday, is a lot of spare space over there. Could we redevelop it in some way? So we're going to talk about that in the meeting we got later in the week. Um, but I think the East stand does need a, one or two things to do into
1: it, but basically we don't need to replace it right now. Okay, mm-hmm. good answer. Thank you very much indeed. At Dennis Orient tweeted us and said, "Ideally, what would you want to do with the Loft Regeneration Fund? Will this be reinvested in the playing squad for next season?"
2: Uh, Again, we've not really talked about it. I mean, um, we've got a good budget for the playing squad. Um, I think this this goes down, and if you like the not immediate, short term, a bit longer, because when we take a deep breath and start having to pay the payroll manually. (laughs) and stuff like that I think we'll, we'll we'll talk about that so no immediate plans and to be honest we've not really given it any uh, thought but everyone did a great job raising the money um we want to have a great relationship with both Lane Orient supporters club and lost. um I think one thing that I've said repeatedly in articles is all the work from last year really did did bring together a very strong fan base I think everyone's very excited and it's true, Kent couldn't believe the engagement. And that's why he came on, I mean, clearly much better than any persuasion I had. Um, and so our fans are a huge asset. And we have to find ways to uh, work together. And that's why we're going to have a fan on the board. And to answer another question I read, uh, we asked Loft and Leighton Orient supporters Club to sort it out between them. I mean, I'm pretty used to having this kind of representation because we do it with our franchisees. I think it's much better to let the groups sort out how they want to elect people, as long as it's done in a logical, sensible fashion.
0: Uh, so they'll come back to us with what they want to do. That's brilliant. And just being at the supporters club yesterday, the vibe just from a few people at the supporters club, everyone is so happy and so positive, And it's such a turnaround. Um, to see what's going on there and you mentioned the positivity during kind of last season that, that Loft helped generate and it was everyone just pulled together and it was amazing to see um, so we can't commend Loft and supporters club um, enough. enough on that we had we had also quite a few questions about donuts. Um, I guess unsurprisingly so will we be seeing more donuts and ice cream at in that came in from quite a few people Graeme Levy in particular was very interested in that one he was yeah yeah
2: uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's something we have talked about. Uh, obviously, I run a pretty big organisation. I've sent them in the direction of the folk who, play, who run the UK. The UK uh, is a relatively small part of the Duncan Empire. Uh, I want to remind everyone that we, we consider ourselves a coffee beverage company before Donuts, but uh, obviously Donuts are something that people are interested in, and we have talked about could we put donuts in the ground so that's work in process i'm not actually saying we're going to do it mm. because it's more complicated than it seems um but put it this way i'd much rather get the video feed sorted because as you know that's important for marty to have for you know the analysis of games i think it's important for supporters around the world so I think that's a bigger priority than getting donuts in the ground, but I think I, I think there's a chance we may get it, but that's no commitment.
1: Thank you very much indeed. So there was quite a lot of people that were just saying thank you very much indeed from the bottom of their hearts for what you've done in saving the club and and the hard work and effort that you've put in. So there's a lot of lot of comments like that. Someone was just filled a whole Twitter message with thank yous. Um, to you and, and Kent and everybody uh, in the
0: consortium. but um, So I guess from from us as well, thank you for, yeah, for doing well, what you've done. We know you've got an appointment to get to and a call. So I guess just to finish off then, Nigel, thank you for joining us. We do hope we can get you back um, soon to kind of finish off all the listener questions. What's your message for the Orient fans listening out there? Well, I,
2: I think several messages. Number one, we need a little bit of patience, um, success, doesn't come overnight you need to work at it and we're way behind where we need to be on the coaching playing side and don't forget training starts tomorrow this yeah. season training secondly we're very pleased so far with the season ticket application looking very good but uh, this kind of sounds slightly a hard message you know I didn't originally want necessarily to buy the club I felt I had to so I think I put my money where my mouth was. <laughs> I'd encourage fans to do the same by buying season tickets and also if they've got businesses, we've got plenty of opportunity to advertise in the ground in the programme, sponsor players, all the things that, you know, small businesses can do. So I'd encourage them to do that because I think this is a opportunity to reset the club as the guardian article Kind of that I did to come and set it it's not all bad I mean most businesses when you take over you go in the first thing you end up doing is saying do I want that person or that person and you end up letting people go uh, fortunately we haven't had to do that because we started with very few people anyway <laughs> yeah. so um,
1: it's almost I a blessing
2: it, it, no it is because you know, no one likes firing people um, and I think we've just got to build on the strengths we've got. Uh, I mean, people like Lindsay did an incredible job mm. keeping the club going. Mm-hmm. We've got to build on those strengths. Having Martin back, I see, is a mega strength. Um, you know, we're well funded. I, I want everyone to think we're going to have a philosophy that's it's about fun. Um, Lake Orient important to Waltham Forest. It's important to East London. And I think we need to capture that in everything we do. One thing that may be slightly new to you is we're very keen to have strong discussions with late Orient ladies. We see them as an asset. Uh, they obviously had a very successful season. But, you know, this club, I think, if we get this year right, doesn't mean we're going to get out of the National League. What it means is we have a foundation that we can be very successful in the years to come.
0: That's fantastic. And that's fantastic to hear. Um, yeah, really inspiring. In last week's podcast,
2: you know, you've had a lot of difficult things to talk about. But again, without the fans, we wouldn't be here. The fans, that, the, the way to turn it around is the fans, people like yourselves who work very hard for Leighton Orient, are the ones that made this something worth buying. So, I'll give to the fans. I should have said thank you. Adam and his uh, pregnant wife Um, and I just want to encourage everyone that you know we're fans we're all part of this I've called Nigel everyone has to call me Nigel none of the Mr. Travis or Mr. Chairman stuff um, because we're no different from anyone else Um, can I just also answer about my availability because I've read all the questions about that I do have a full time job I also do coaching (laughs) Um, so I reckon I'll be at five or six games a year over there Um, we're hoping the first game may be at home so all the family will be there Um, so but I don't want anyone to believe I'm going to be there all the time and that's why we want a fully qualified chief executive we can trust we fully trust Martin they're the two key positions it's not us, we're just the board is, is the chief
1: executive and the direction of football that is really important so if any sort of over enthusiastic fans were thinking about applying for the CEO role perhaps the message there is unless you've got relevant experience perhaps don't bother well
2: no we actually went through that discussion I, I, you know, I think you need football experience uh, Marshall's doing a great job at the moment yeah. he, he does have a little bit of football experience but we'll, I think we're going to get a lot of really good candidates. We're lucky that Mars Marshall's in there at the moment because he's run a lot of businesses, extra light consultant, one of the smartest people I've met in a long time, and he's got good people skills. I mean, so that's very good. But we are really looking for a very the, the the chief executive role is critical, and and those two positions are where our focus is, and we got Martin. Very happy with Martin. And let's hope we have someone else in a few
0: weeks. Fantastic. Nigel, thank you so much for coming on and making your Orient Outlook podcast debut. Love to have you on again soon, um, once the season starts and to get those listening uh, listening questions across. Uh, Thank you very much. So that was our interview with Nigel Travis. So we only had him uh, for up to an hour because he had a business call to go on at nine o'clock our time. So again, a massive thank you to Nigel for making the time on his holiday. Uh, and obviously they are 5 hours behind us so it is 4 p.m. Mm-hmm. when nice. I so a massive thank you to Nigel uh, for coming on and thank you to the club for getting that sorted it was great to yeah thanks to, to Charlie. have,
1: yeah, great to uh, have um, Nigel on. And thank you to everybody who took the time to send us messages. There's obviously a lot of crossover of messages. We tried to cram in as much in that time as we possibly could. But those that didn't hear their questions asked, don't worry. It wasn't in vain. Uh, Nigel said that he would be happy to come and speak to us again in the near future. So as you heard, he is a very, very, very busy man with lots of activities that he um, is involved with. So as soon as we can fix up another date, we'll do, I guess, Nigel Travis Part 2. Absolutely. Yes. So. Yeah, all it. to say,
0: yeah, thank you for listening to the Nigel Travis interview. It's great times for our club at the moment, everyone's so positive. Uh, and we'll be back within the next couple of weeks, hopefully, with more episodes of new player signings and hopefully more interviews if we can get them yeah, uh, with more absolutely. people. So, all I left to say is, up the O's. Have a up good one. Up the week. O's, yeah, and we're going to play you out with something we hope
1: to be playing you out with a lot more often. Up <laughs> the O's. <laughs>